0: It's a bit jarring to come across Pontius Pilate on a Sunday in November. He's not supposed to make an appearance until Palm Sunday in April sometime, after five weeks of Lent, at the start of Holy Week. But he seems to have missed his cue. So here he is, out of season, interrogating Jesus as if it's Good Friday. While we're still digesting our Thanksgiving dinners, Christmas decorations are adorning shop windows, But here we sit, pondering Pontius Pilate. Such is the church calendar mashup that occurs on the last Sunday after Pentecost, affectionately known as Christ the King Sunday. As Christians, our notions of time are toyed with every year at this point. We're in a sort of hinge moment on the cusp of a new church year. For those of you that may not know, today is the last Sunday of the year. It's sort of New Year's Eve for the church, and next Sunday is the first Sunday of Advent, sort of Happy New Year for the church. So we're in a hinge moment. Last week's gospel reading spoke of apocalypse. This week it's Pilate. Next week we are back in end times. And the week after that, John the Baptist shows up preaching the coming of Christ in the wilderness. Lots of jumping around, so you might want to fasten your seatbelts these next few weeks. All this playing with time has a purpose. The disorientation the scripture readings are putting us through is meant to jar us out of our sense of linear time and to make us more conscious of the eternal. I want to explain that, but I need to back up first. The Jewish leaders have brought Jesus to Pontius Pilate early on a Friday morning before daybreak. They have wanted to get rid of him for a long time. He's a thorn in their side, constantly calling them out on their hypocrisy, their arrogance, and their lack of true leadership. Moreover, it is Passover, and thousands of Jews have have converged upon Jerusalem for the feast days. Tensions have run high in recent years at Passover, with rioting occurring just a few years earlier among Jews coming to offer sacrifice at the temple. Pilate even sent in Roman soldiers with swords to break it up. This year, the chief priests witnessed Jesus being hailed as a king when he entered the city. Palm leaves and hosannas laid at his feet. They realized this spells trouble for them. He has become too popular. Jesus will undercut their religious authority. Not only that, but riots might once again erupt and the Romans could extract revenge for the mayhem on all Jews without distinction. So the chief priests bring Jesus to Pilate. They say he claims to be a king, thus setting himself up against the Roman emperor Tiberius, a crime punishable by death. And so Jesus sits in a cold stone chamber in the praetorium, the governor's mansion, Pilate's home. It's still dark outside, not even 7 a.m., and candles are lit in sconces on the walls, casting flickering shadows on the faces of the two men. Pilate wants the facts. Are you the king of the Jews? If Jesus answers yes, Pilate will have to consider his words treasonous because no one may call himself king of anything in the realm of the emperor. If Jesus says no... Pilate can set him free despite the protests of the Jewish leaders waiting outside. Shockingly, Jesus says neither. Instead, he speaks of a kingdom, not of this world, where he reigns in truth. From that perspective of truth, the politics and machinations of this world are a sham. Pilate must have looked at Jesus blankly, uncomprehending and frustrated, when he said these words about truth and the kingdom before throwing up his hands and crying, what is truth? I find this exchange between Pontius Pilate and Jesus Christ compelling. The whole of our Christian faith might just be summed up in the call and response these two questions elicit. Are you the king of the Jews? My kingdom is not of this world. What is truth? I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I see a stone chamber room at the end of the world, dark and lit only by candles, where this interrogation has been taking place for 2,000 years, its dialogue reverberating down the centuries. Pilate asking his questions from the perspective of reality as we know it, a world where violence, power, and selfishness are king, and those who win the wars get to write the history. Are you the king of the Jews, he asks? Are you the Messiah? Or is brute force the final answer? Will empire after empire always crucify, always get the last word? And is truth simply whatever comes out of the mouths of the strongest? And Jesus quietly responding from that place outside our reality, where all our hope and suffering is finally resolved into God's eternal love. My kingdom is not of this world. I am the Messiah. Your kings, your tyrants, your thugs, your terrorists do not get the final say. There is resurrection. A deeper truth reigns in my kingdom consisting of gentleness kindness, and selflessness. And my word is final. That is the promise contained in our faith. Unrealistic, but true. We so often live inside that dialogue between despair and hope in our lives. They are like two strings we keep plucking until they sound in our very bones, until they almost harmonize. Despair and hope despair and hope, and those twin notes of despair and hope together make a chord we call faith. Our faith springs from a longing for a better world and it lands on Christ. So when we hear the story of Pilate interrogating Jesus today on this last Sunday before Advent, we know that death is not the final word. That stone chamber may lead to the wooden cross But next week, we prepare once more for the manger and new birth. These stories get scrambled in time to remind us that our faith rests on something outside of time, God's eternal love. And Pilate had it wrong when he assumed that truth was a what. He thought truth was hard facts and political power. But truth is not a what, it is a who. It is Jesus and all his mercy and humility and self-giving love. And truth is a who because it's about relationship. We bring God's kingdom of truth to the world when we care for one another, when we show compassion for others or for ourselves, when selfishness gives way to selflessness. Truth is not a gun we point at the enemy. It is a sandwich we share with the hungry. The Feast of Christ the King began in 1925. It was the church's response to a rise in nationalism, fascism, and secularism. And it was meant as a reminder of the greater kingship that ruled over all nations. We commemorate it today in a world that remains as violent as ever, with nationalism on the rise once more, all around the world. May we remember our call to be ambassadors of God's kingdom, revealing its truth in our words, in our actions, and in our love. Amen.